But it will be to the delight of so many of you that the man sitting on my right is here and looking hale, hearty and better than ever. Josh Moore, welcome to the show and, and great to see you You looking so well. That was a, a horrible injury last autumn. How are you doing? Yeah, no, all good. Um, been back in the gym for a few weeks now and doing doing all the rehab, up, uh, some of it up in Newmarket in Peter O'Sullivan House and, and at the, in the gym local to me and uh, we're getting to the stage of getting back racing hopefully. I mean, it's fair to say that you have not had the best of fortune down the years with, with injury, nor, nor your brother Jamie, in, in all honesty. But this was, this was quite a nasty one, wasn't it? A really nasty one. Uh, yeah, it was probably... Uh, the, the, so far, I've, all my injuries have been shoulders or a leg or bro like collarbones, things like that, things that is, you can carry on functioning kind of generally with uh, in a fairly normal basis. But this one was a bit different. It's the column of your body and... Uh, it, all of a sudden you're flat on your back and you're not allowed to move in hospital and it, it does uh, all of a sudden you have to take it probably a bit more seriously than your, most things you fracture and injure I guess. You were knocked out when Botox has fell at, at Plumpton. Is there anything you remember about when you came round and, and sort of then going to, going to hospital? Um, no, first I remember is being in the hospital on a spinal board uh, on the way out of Plumpton. Um, the ambulance man, very, very good ambulance man, was talking me through what had kind of happened and, and then explaining we were on, on, the, on the way to uh, Sussex County and Brighton. Um, since then, Riz, the race course doctor, who's absolutely brilliant, he, he explained to me that I was knocked out and when I come round, I was telling him where the injury was, or so I thought, and uh, he as good as Riz is, was straight on the ball and straight sending me for a CT scan, an MRI scan in, in Brighton. And, and sure enough, he got me seen too quickly in Brighton and uh, things were slowly to progress, but that's just the way the, the hospitals are at the moment. And uh, he, we got an operation in the end anyway, but it's just a slow road getting there. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll come to that in, in just a second. But I want to pick up on the on the race course, Doctor. You mentioned Riz. I, I, I don't know, but you obviously... Unfortunately, for you know him quite well now, but um, how crucial do you think his experience as an A&E doctor was for, for you that day? Yeah, uh, absolutely vital for someone like him. He, he works in A&E as a consultant on a day-to-day -day basis. And he, you know, when jockeys ride in races, I suppose they suffer serious injuries in the open field, if you like. Yeah. Um, they haven't got the luxury of having everything they need around them, i.e. other doctors, uh, medical equipment that they may need. They obviously have a degree of stuff, but it's not like being on hand straight away in the hospital. And someone like him, I guess, is always, they're so experienced that they handle situations so quickly and they, they set you on the right path so soon. And we, we are, I think we're very lucky, the race course doctors that we have on course, um, I think particularly I ride a lot in the southeast, and people like Riz and Lucy Free—they're always, they're always very sharp and getting us what care and attention we need very quickly. Which must be hugely reassuring. So, as you say, there was a, a period of time because of the delays in hospital at the moment where you weren't able to be de-operated on. I remember speaking to your mum during that period, and um, your mum, who is pretty unflappable as, as as things go, was it was clearly upsetting her her quite a bit. How were you coping with it? Yeah, I think it's probably upsetting uh, people around me more than it was me. I, I was I was aware that it, you know I was 
think I was nil by mouth six days in a row because <laughs> it kept getting cancelled. And uh, but the reason it's getting cancelled is because there was people in worse situations than me, and the the, the NHS is a busy place at the minute. Mm. Um, unfortunately, the nature of the injury, I couldn't be moved to a private hospital for surgery. It had to be done. It was a big operation that needed to be done with the facilities that they had in, in the Sussex County. And the surgeon was doing his best to make it available, but theatre wasn't available due to other incidents and accidents that were happening. And you only, you'll be on the ward and I mean, a lad come in the bed next to me that had been in a car accident. People like that, are, they kind of need life-dependent surgery straight away almost, you know, and you, you have to be aware that there is bigger circumstances than yourself. It wasn't a great situation I was in, but it was, it was handled as best as it could in the circumstances, I think. That's the thing is, that being on a hospital ward is never a pleasant experience, but it, it will always offer you that slight sense of perspective. There's normally somebody who's in a worse situation than you are. Even. Oh yeah, the, the, it completely changes your perspective when you're, you're in hospital. Um, like the people in the beds around me, I, 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 it sounds stupid, but I've been in hospital a lot over the years, so you become used to, used to your surroundings a little bit. You know where you're at and you know what your body can handle. So I was quite comfortable that I was being looked after. Mm -hmm. The nurses that were on hand and in the trauma wards, they're absolutely fantastic and they're used to it. So they, they look after you very well and like I take my hat off to them. I think they're the biggest, the, probably almost the most important thing in the hospital is the, the ability of the nurses that we, we have, uh, they're, they're absolutely fantastic. There's quite a bit of you now because the operation was done and um, as I say, you're, you're looking great. There was quite a, quite a bit of your back now that is, is made of titanium um, and it's quite, it's quite stark when you, when you see the images. So all, all of that top area there, all the, the bits you can see the either side of your, your spinal column, that's all titanium rods, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's uh, two rods with, I think, eight screws um, just to <coughs> help the two fractures heal and supported the spine from above and below the fractures. So um, it's it's not, I'm not the first jockey to have it happen. There's been, a, unfortunately, the last the last year or so, um, Jamie had the same injury, uh, Sean Houdahan, Michal Nolan, they've all kind of had basically the same operations. Um, so it, it get back from it and hopefully carry on about your business. <laughs> so how are you feeling now? Yeah, good. As I say, I've done, <clears throat> I've been doing plenty of uh, rehab work the last few weeks up to Christmas, over Christmas, and, and uh, I've been able to step it up the last couple of weeks again and to the point where I've just started back riding out and hopefully might be back fairly and, soon. Am I right in thinking that of, of all of your family, you're the one that has a sort of the, the deepest interest in in possibly training horses in time and sort of the, the whole running and, and management of the yard. Has, has that sort of side of it kind of helped you, helped you through as well? Uh, yeah, I mean, I've probably, one of the, the biggest things I do each day is, is help Dad with the running yard, as does Jamie as well. But um, I, I've been doing that for a long time now, probably the last 10 years I've been helping Dad each morning organise things and... Um, that when I was off, was kind of one of the things was the first couple of weeks when I was in hospital. One of the things I was most annoyed about was not being at the yard because uh, that is I do I do enjoy that a lot. Yeah, so it's um, but, uh, it, that was as big um, as most a frustrating part of it as anything. <laughs> 
I, I want to dial all the way back, really, because you, you're in a, an amazing family of very, of very high achievers. And you, you come along and you, you start in, in racing when you know, brother Ryan is already probably already borderline champion jockey when you're sort of how old at the time? I think I just started secondary school when Ryan won his first championship. Yeah, I was, I think that was about 2003 or four or something. Yeah, and yeah. He, Ryan was champion jockey quite young. He's maybe 21 or something yeah. when he was champion jockey. So, um, and Jamie yeah. had already been nearly champion conditional. <coughs> Jamie had been champ. I think yeah, I think he'd probably been champion amateur and champion conditional. And he was he was doing very well. So it's probably their fault as to why I'm riding because uh, <laughs> I, I I started watching them with a keener interest and uh, loved what they were doing. It made me want to do it as well. I think because the the assumption is that you know with everything your grandfather Charlie achieved and everything your your father achieved as well that you you were on a pony from when you were six months old. But was that not necessarily the case? I probably was a slower interest in it. Um, I guess I started riding probably when I was about 10 or 11, yeah. but I could take it or leave it to begin with. I was always fascinated by the racing, but in the, in the starting, I was probably more interested in, I was quite into running when I was younger, I had a lot of athletics and that, and so the, the riding, I could take it or leave it, but then I started going um, a lot of show jumping and eventing with my sister Hayley, and Hayley probably was the one that educated me the most, I guess, <laughs> when we were younger, and as that as I was doing more of that, I, I, I really loved my show jumping and eventing, and I got into that quite deeply. And so then, but then followed the racing. I, I once I was getting more involved with the racehorses, that that took over the show jumping and eventing. Did <laughs> so. Were, were you inspired by by Ryan and Jamie, or did you look at that and think, oh, I can see all the all the pitfalls as well as the attractions of it? All I could see was the attractions of it when I was younger, for sure. Um, what Ryan was doing was massive. Um, he was, when I was at school still, he, he kind of hit the, the global stage and and, and that, that fascinated me. Um, I thought it was brilliant. And it's always given me a great interest in watching his, his flat careers. So I, I was always, I was never gonna, ever going to be able to ride on the flat. I was always too heavy. Although looking at the flat jockeys now, maybe I'm just lazy. <laughs> they're, they're all getting taller. Um, <laughs> But I don't think anyone's <laughs> ever going to accuse you of that. Somehow. No, no but, and then with Jamie doing well with jumping, and also Dad's kind of string, Dad's actually probably trained more flat winners than he has jump winners. He's trained over, I think, nearly 1,200 winners mm. on the flat, and he's trained 1,000 winners jumping. But The pendulum's starting to it, swing, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, he, he was getting a better type of horse jumping, um, better winners jumping, and that probably really attracted me into it. Your brother Ryan is a is an intriguing character, an intriguing man as well as an outstanding jockey, and and somebody probably that very few of us ever really have ever really got to grips with in terms of what drives him, what motivates him, you know, what makes him tick. How how do you see him? Um, I see him as someone that's very professional and into what he what he does. He he's. All areas of racing interest him. Um, he's just—he's not just set on what horses he rides and worried about them. He—he he, he takes a keen interest in the whole industry. Uh, so I believe, anyway. Um, and I—I uh, I, I think he's always taken his job very seriously, very professionally. And he—he's—he achieved a hell of a lot, lot very young. And I always 
thought he's just always wanted to do best by the people that have employed him and supported him and been truly committed and professional to the job throughout. Has he always had that sort of single-mindedness? There's a, there's a great focus to him, sort of real sharp focus to, to what he does, it seems. Yeah, Ryan's very particular and um, he, he wouldn't do things half-heartedly. He'd, he'd give everything kind of... 100% detail, you know, he, he wouldn't just, he wouldn't wing things, <laughs> um, that's for sure. And he's probably, probably, he is a, I wouldn't say a shy person, but he doesn't like attention, he never has done growing up, he was someone that never liked attention, so I think he likes to put his attention on his job. Mm. Well, would that be the same in a, in a family situation? Because obviously if you're a fairly big family, if you if you all end up getting together or you're in the same situation or if you're in a social situation, does that apply equally in a, in, in a sort of private setting as well, that he would he would be you know, less sort of forward and more kind of reserved? Uh, he can be quite outspoken in a quiet situation, yeah, in a family <laughs> situation. Um, but it's that yeah. not craving the limelight, isn't it? Yeah, he, he does exactly what he doesn't do. And, you know, uh, I think that can be a good way to be as a jockey. With Sometimes I find when jockeys do crave the limelight, comes added pressures to the job. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's, I think jockeys, they do get put under a lot of pressures in the modern era, and it can be important to remove some unnecessary ones. Your other brother, Jamie, when he won the Queen Mother Champion Chase on, on Sire de Grugy, I had never, until that point, seen a reception for a jockey from other jockeys like it. Uh, that, must have, that must have touched you quite significantly. Yeah, it was, it was good to see. I remember I was at Huntingdon, <laughs> and actually in the waiting room at Huntingdon, everyone was shouting one like I've never really... Sometimes you get it, you'll be in the waiting room and... Everyone watching the race will be, they might see someone that's like, that'd be a good result. And all of a sudden they shout them on, you know. Um, and obviously when Jamie won a champion chase, it was a, it was a great result. And it was good to see how well supported he was for it. And this is it, Sardar Ruju. This was 2014. Yeah, yeah. How quickly eight years have, have gone by. And it's a, an amazing outpouring of warmth from all the other riders when he comes in. It was, it was really lovely to see. And great days with, with Sire de Some lovely pictures of, of the two of them, the Jockey Club released a couple of weeks ago. Great bond between, between man and horse. Yeah, that was, uh, it was probably, uh, there wouldn't be many relationships between a horse and a rider like Jamie and that horse did, in the sense that not many jockeys would be such a high level horse be riding out every single day and being an integral part in what exercise uh, that horse is doing what schooling it might be doing Jamie really worked closely with dad on that one and I think they reaped the rewards from it really I I was saying just before we we started it it's cruel that you should have been off at this moment where this stable has never been in in better form. I don't suppose the, the irony's been lost on you, has it? <laughs> probably the horses are better handicapped without me on them, I guess. Yeah, well, we, <laughs> and we, we absolutely know that is not true. <laughs> I haven't been holding them back. No, it was, um, 
it's been good actually. Uh, the, in the summertime, I was confident we had a good team of horses to start this season with. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, the, the start of the season when I was riding was a bit slow because the ground was so quick and you couldn't be running them then because the, a lot of these horses, you you want them to be lasting. You, you run them once on good ground for somewhere like Plumpton or Fonwell and that might be th- that run might catch up with you two runs later. Um, it, jump racing is, is quite hard on the on the quite hard on horses when you race them ground too quick and it was a slow start but since we hit November, December, January they've been absolutely flying and uh, it's, just, it's, it's been good to see. So you're just about ready to, to, to get back again. Uh, just going back to, to 2008 when you, you had your first ride, as soon as you had your first ride, did you think, right, I'm off now, this is what I want to do? Yeah, I think I did, yeah. I, I, I was probably driving Dad mad to try and find horses to run an amateur races at the time. Yeah. I couldn't understand it when he couldn't find one for a handicap chase around Folkestone or something for an amateur race, you know, because mm. I was just desperate to get at it. Um, or you see other lads at the time starting and getting going, someone like, uh, Reese Flint was probably the one that was flying along when I started, and you want you want to be catching up like them, you know. Um, but also at the same time, I look back now and realise a couple of years riding as an amateur slowly is actually probably a better thing for you. And um, I had a, started off a good couple of years riding on the flat as an amateur. They used to have mm. a good series called the Bollinger series, and that was a that that was a good way of you got to ride around some good tracks on horses running like north of 80 grade and so a fair level of horse for decent trainers and uh, really I, I I wasn't ready to be riding when I was 16 but you, you spend a couple of years learning and it's a good good way of going about it that was yeah and then and then the jumping started to come more rides winners and 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 things started to go go well yeah I think uh, when I was 18 I had I'd started doing quite well as an amateur and I had three rides at the festival one year which ended up with a broken collarbone in the fox hunters but uh, even then you just want to get back at it there yeah, I broke my first collarbone whatever but I wasn't bothered by it because I just wanted to you had a bit of a taste of riding at the festival or whatnot and you'd had a, I'd had a few winners that winter and you just want to get back going more and more uh, I mean to to someone who who doesn't really understand what it's like to be a jockey this level of resilience seems extraordinary that you can keep getting broken and keep wanting to get back and do it at what point does your brain just say hang on a minute or it doesn't yeah, I'm sure it does. Uh, luckily, I don't think I've hit that point just yet. I've, I've had a lot of a lot of injuries. Probably missed a stupid amount of time so between three and four years of riding through the injuries I've had. But um, look, the body's functioning, and mm. the surgeon was happy. And uh, you, you, it's. Uh, I've, I've always. Dad's got some nice horses. If if the if he didn't have the type of horses that he's got, the likes of something like Editor de Guy to come back to, then I probably. Uh, you might think of it differently then, but all the time there's some nice horses to have a goal and there's, there's a little bit more I'd like to achieve. Definitely. I haven't achieved much as a jockey really, so I would like to have uh, try and achieve something more anyway. Editor Dajit, you won the Red Rum at, at Aintree. This was, a, this was a great day. He's a wonderful horse to watch when he's in, when he's in full cry. Um, he's improved again this season. Do you think he could, he could make it nearly all the way? Um, we always fought a, a lot of him. Um, he, he took a while to get going. He, he missed his first season when we had him for injury, 
and he hadn't had much racing for his age last year. As the season went on, we changed a few things with him. He ended up being a very well handicapped horse, was 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 what he was, and um, we kind of knew that there was a, a good horse in there, and I was quite confident this year that he would progress to the stage of becoming a graded horse. Well, he won a grade three as a last season, but I, I mean, I thought he would progress into mm. pattern races, um, racing of level weights, and I think he's nearly there. Uh, is the Dublin Racing Festival on the cards, Vim? I saw he had the entry. He, he is entered, um, very much depending on what other horses are doing. We just thought Leperstown, notoriously, the last two festivals have had good ground there, and he is a, I think he performs best on the good ground. It's left-handed, which is to his liking as mm. well, um, and we just thought we'd be stupid not to have an entry. Quite it right. ties in quite well. With, he's, he's had his break after he last won at Cheltenham. He's just starting back in his full work now, and if he doesn't go there, then he'll go to the game spirit at Newbury. Um, that, they're the two plans set in, set in mind. Now it looks like Shishkin's going to uh, Ascot, then it probably draws us back to the game spirit because that's probably a more realistic sort of level if you're going to taste uh, pattern races anyway. But now, is Jamie just keeping the saddle warm for you? Uh, uh, don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, so, um, how does it when you're both when you're both in full cry? How does it work? How do you how do you divvy up the rides? Or does um, your dad just get on with it? We we sort of it just seems to just work itself out. In all fairness, <laughs> if one comes in, whoever sort of schools it first or gallops one first, or we usually have a an even amount of juvenile hurdlers or novice hurdlers to ride. Obviously this year I haven't I haven't ridden any yet. So <laughs> I don't know. Jamie must might have to give me one back in a minute. But, uh, I think last year I gave him Nassalan to come back on in a juvenile round Fontwell, so uh, hopefully he's going to find me one similar. But <laughs> um, no, it's it's always worked out since I've ridden, lost my claim and progressed to being a bit more experienced. It's worked quite evenly. I remember at Tingle Creek meeting a few years back, we had six winners over the two days, and Jamie had three, I had three, and we both had a Grade One winner mm-hmm. each. So because you rode Armad, didn't you? Yeah, in the, yeah. In the Henry in the Henry VIII. That's right. Yeah, yeah. So. That, that was an example of how evenly it does work. But me and Jamie have both been smashed up a lot over the years. <laughs> so uh, we've, we've filled for each other at moments and both missed good moments. But, uh, yeah, it works itself out. But it, it, like a lot of things, you make it sound regular, but to the outsider it could be un, unusual. It's hard enough being a, being a professional sports person. It, it's sometimes hard to, to work with one, let alone several members of your own family, do it harmoniously and extremely successfully and then be rivals on the field of play yet still be able to, you know, make it work for one another. Do you ever reflect on on, on how unusual that is? Yeah, it is, you know, it is quite a strange thing. Um, but, but kind it, of brilliant. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's probably helped me and helped Jamie over the years that we've both... Um, been riding the same horses and we can relate to each other closely without feeling like we're uh, sometimes I think jockeys feel threatened by their number two maybe and, it's, and they might want and they might not be as open with them as they perhaps should be um, but we, me and Jamie then we can relate back to my dad openly and mm-hmm. express our views and um, I think we've kind of it's been a bit of a benefit that it can be that way how is he as a, a manager of people, do you think, your dad? 
<laughs> like that, that's he's he says it as it is. <laughs> he very much says it as it is, but um, he also he moves on from one problem to the next. If something happens, it's fine. You, you go on to the next thing. He doesn't really cry over spilt milk ever, for example. So it, we very much get on with things, and you're ed been educated to do that, and I think it helps you get along with the job. Um, he's very, I find him very easy to ride for because he gives me or Jamie a free rein, and I think that's a great advantage for a jockey when you get down at the start, look how a race is panning out, you think, well, I'm going to do this now. Um, uh, I think that's a can be a big advantage for myself and Jamie riding for him is that we're not tied down when, when we ride for him and we can make our own decisions when we get to the start whereas some jockeys don't always have that luxury they're too f afraid of upsetting the trainer or owner that they're riding for and he's he's characterized as being hard and tough because he's had a, a great career but I always feel that the emotions are never too far from the surface the no yeah you're, you're probably dead right there yeah yeah he, he is hard and tough and he was brought up that way um, he <clears throat> he gets on with his job he, he can be a good way of going about things because you keep keeping your head down keeps you focused <laughs> mm. and and then you don't you don't get too down when you get a a hit and don't get too up when things are going well exactly yeah it's a good keeps you level and you know he's had some good jockeys work from over the years especially like flat jockeys you see Harry Bentley doing well in Hong Kong mm. Hector Crouch had fantastic flat season Jason Watson started with us he's flying along in the weather at the minute and lads like Reese Clutterbuck doing well in the weather um, Niall Houlihan looks to be progressing well mm. now you know them you probably all of them have kind of realised that you it, it's the, the job's not a given and no one you know, it's not a given right to be a jockey you have to get on with it and probably not a bad way of being educated <laughs> absolutely um, Josh I, I wish you wish you all the best have you got a, a date marked out for a comeback yet um, all being well, I hope to be back at the end of this month. Okay. Um, if, if Jerry Hill's happy with me and and everything, then hopefully we can make a decision this week about when I can get back. It could be Cheltenham Trials Day. Bit of luck, yeah. That Jamie might give you one of those juveniles on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think everybody in, in in racing, you know, wants wants you back and, and wants you to do well. And who knows, Editor Dujit, thirty three to one in the Queen Mother Champion Chase. Why not? <laughs> Hopefully he gets gets himself there, and uh, he he might he might have a little outside chance, yeah.